P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're back. It's Shelby and Matt. <laughs> I know. it's. It feels so good to be home and doing the mm-hmm. podcast and just mm-hmm. back again, mm-hmm. talking about all of the pop cultural shenanigans. I've I missed know. it. I know. And it's been a long time since we've done a pop culture roundup. So this will be good to get back yes. into the, you know, giving the people what they want. Mm-hmm. It has been so long. <laughs> so much stuff has happened, and I was debating on whether I should just cover stuff that's new, but there were some old stories that I was like, no, the yeah, world yeah, yeah. deserves to hear us talk about right. these. That's what I felt like, too. You know, it was a big couple of weeks, and we'd be remiss to not mention some of these yes. <laughs> moments yes. in our zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. But um, while we were away, did people have any nice things to say? Oh my gosh, yes they did. Three people left us reviews, so good on all of you. I'm only going to read one today, but we'll get to the other one, so just hold your horses, peeps. So, AldaB92 said, can't help but smile when listening, although she gave us four stars, which I'll get into (gasps) in a second. Yeah. I found out about this podcast when I met Matt in NYC when visiting with friends. I thought I was a true pop culture lover, but these two provide me with knowledge that I didn't know I needed. I have caught myself smiling and laughing many times while listening. I started with the first podcast about a week ago now, and I'm up to episode 16. So clearly they're doing something right. And I (laughs) feel like those are like our worser episodes. I think we've gotten better. Yeah, for sure. The only reason why I'm not giving this a five star is because Matt doesn't like The Office, which hurts <laughs> Matt, my soul. You're dragging us down. Are you kidding me? I knew this would. I knew this would come back to bite us in the ass. Like, come on, dude. Oh <laughs> my sorry. word! Oh, you're <laughs> ruining our perfect record. That is insane. Uh, Then she goes on to say a truly ludicrous thing. Although Shelby saves it, though, by being a Swifty. Yay! (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I didn't even, like, pay this person. Like, I don't know who this is. This is yet again an example of me bringing somebody into the podcast and then you stealing them, which is just not how (laughs) this is supposed to work. This is someone you know. Oh, that is so delightful and delicious. I love that. I love that. I'm going to start a group chat of all your friends who like me more now. It'll be great. It'll be a wild time. <laughs> yeah. So then Sierra, who was on an episode way back when, now texts mm. Shelby and I after <laughs> listening to the episodes and says, oh, Shelby, you're so smart. You're so yeah. wise. Yeah. These opinions are so they great. Know. Oh, yeah. It's you know, you can't much. blame them. You can't blame them. It's just facts are facts. Okay. That's what our uh, uh, podcast is all about. I bring the truth and um, you're all welcome. So. But for those of you who have other thoughts and hopefully a more generous five-star rating, you can find us on Apple Podcasts at PS You're Wrong and leave us a review there. Or just join the fun on Twitter and Instagram and sometimes Facebook and sometimes on WordPress at PS You're Wrong. Um, Because that's where we're hanging out when we're not recording these. Yes, that's where we are. But let's <laughs> get into all of the drama that yes. has been taking place over the past like two, three weeks. Do you want to start? Yeah. Do you got a big juicy story you're ready to get into? 
Um, well, I feel like I should just get this out of the way for you, but it was a big moment in Bachelor Nation. Um, Hannah finished up her season as the Bachelorette. And I know you don't watch the show, but a lot of but America wait. does. But <laughs> wait. I what? don't normally watch The Bachelor, but wait, I heard so much about it that I you watched did? this clip. No, stop. Stop. Yes. You yes. did? Oh my god! I couldn't tell you anybody's name, but it was this it was the girl, the bachelorette. Yeah. She was like, it was down to three people. She uh-huh. was like going to give a rose to some. And then this other dude comes out and he's like, <laughs> Luke, I need to yeah. talk to you. I just need to, I just need a moment. And she's like, no, no, like get lost, leave, leave. <laughs> and he wouldn't. So then she picks up the pedestal and walks around <laughs> him and tries to start again. And yes. he keeps interrupting. And eventually the other bachelors have to come and try to get oh, him yeah. to leave. And oh, then finally yeah. the host makes him go. It was crazy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It is crazy. And I, for one, don't understand why you, a fan of reality television, of petty drama and squabbles, don't like The Bachelor. Like, it's like it's so good. Okay, it's it's such a masterpiece. And more and more, it's kind of veered away from this idea of finding true love and more just like exploring these crazy, thirsty relationships with people who are all there for the wrong reason. So you should give it a chance is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'll probably pass on that. But thank you. (laughs) Okay, well, anyways, so yes, what you just described was part of the drama of the season. But the finale was basically down to Tyler C, who has been adopted as like America's hottest bachelor. He's truly a treasure. He's been making feminist statements and like saying all the right things and being a woke bae. And he's just like, Oh, just glorious. I mean, he's also very attractive, so (laughs) that doesn't hurt. And then there's this other guy, Jed, who is a musician from Nashville, (laughs) who every chance he got plugged his musical background. And he was always carrying a guitar around. In fact, like one of their first dates, he's like, I actually didn't come here for you. I came here for my music career, but now I've developed real feelings, which red flag people because the drama halfway through the season was his girlfriend from Nashville came out with this story that he had told them that he had told her that they were going to be together after the show that he was just doing this for his career he had told her he loved her he'd met his family her family they'd gone on a trip just a few weeks before he left for the bachelor And so it was this really shady People magazine cover story that kind of made everyone realize Jed was a fake, you know, thirsty (laughs) jerk. But he got to the final two. And Hannah, in her young, naive, fairy tale-esque, wants the guy who can play guitar semi-well, chose him in the end. And so Bachelor Nation was very upset. But they always do this after the rose thing where they do like it's like live. So, you know, bachelors recorded four months previous. And so this is sort of where are they now? And so they showed a little clip where she dumps him because she finds out about this girlfriend. And then on the after the rose, she talks to the to the um, runner up, this Tyler C guy and is like, hey. I still have feelings for you. Would you want to get a drink sometimes? Which is a little bit cringe because, you know, she didn't want what she could have had when she had it. Right. But he was ever the gentleman. He's like, of course, like, yes. But he's kind of made comments that like, oh, I treasure her friendship. Like, you know, kind of being like, he's clearly not as into the idea as she is. But they were spotted on a date. Well, he wants to be the next Bachelor. 
oh, I want him to be the next Bachelor so bad. They haven't but, announced that yet? No. The plot thickens, though, because Gigi Hadid. Oh, I saw this. Supermodel <laughs> world followed Tyler C. of Bachelor World. So just totally two different worlds. They never should have crossed. But he's so handsome and so cool that she followed him. He, of course, followed back. And they were spotted in New York yesterday um, heading back to her apartment after some drinks. So... <laughs> Ooh. Oh boy. So I think it's safe to say he uh moved on to bigger and better from yeah. you know, the girl who he could him be in that television. um in that Sarah Highland Yes, exactly. So I'm happy for him. Like I wish he could be the bachelor, but if he's gonna find like someone worthy of him, I guess it probably won't be in the bachelor world. So We'll see. So I have a story that I have been so excited to bring up all day. I hope that you haven't heard about this so that I can break (laughs) you the news. Have you heard about the behind the scenes drama on your favorite television show, The Rookie? I did. I know. I have that in my list to talk about if we ever got around to it. Oh my gosh. You're the one who I said from the jump that this show was creepy and it turns out No, no, that no, 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 scenes- no, 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 no. You're spinning this. This is you no, it's not Nathan Fillion who did anything just for the record. But he was a bystander, up. an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> could have okay, been involved okay. we don't know okay, explain the story so this woman who's on the show who i've never heard of afton williamson uh-huh, I, I watched great. one episode of this when i was forced to back a year ago <laughs> she just oh, no. recently quit the show mm-hmm. the rookie that has creeper nathan fillion on no. it because she claimed that People were making racist comments about her, that they were sexually harassing her, and that at the rap party, she was sexually assaulted by the head of the hair department. This is a terrible thing, obviously, but I think most of the blame should go to Nathan Fillion, who is the star (laughs) of the show and should be keeping the hair and makeup department in check. (laughs) I mean, listen, when I first saw the news, I was like, oh no, is Matt right? But you weren't because it wasn't Nathan Fillion. It was a co-star like uh, I mean, not a co-star. It was a recurring guest star who was doing. Yeah, Do you know who it is? No, I was trying to like think back. But honestly, like I don't remember <laughs> the details. Of but the you're show. one of the four people who have watched this I show. Know, so I know. I know. And I feel so sad that I, I feel like I can't watch season two anymore, you know, because. Because they failed to really like address... Because she said that she'd brought it up with production a lot and they just refused to kind of handle it until the sexual assault happened. And even then, they didn't... They ignored her claims about sexual harassment from this guest star and continued to put her in scenes with him. So it's all very unfortunate. <laughs> and it's doubly unfortunate that it is the one show from last year that I that I enjoyed. But alas... <laughs> Well, there's a whole new crop of, of fall TV pilots <laughs> coming out. I've seen the advertisements are popping up around New York City. So be prepared. Yeah. I'm sure we'll watch them all. Yeah, they all look... I haven't seen any that look nearly as good as The Rookie. So take that as you will. <laughs> Talk about damning, damning information <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad you got to rub my nose in that little breaking news. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I don't know if you care about this. 
Um, but your favorite TV show couple was rumored was in a in a messy, you know, publicity situation. Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse from Riverdale, <gasps> who play a real yes. life couple on the show, um, mm-hmm. were news broke like a week or two ago that they broke up, and it was like, oh, so awkward at the Comic Con, and they hate each other now, and it's just so uncomfortable, and they they're broken up, and what is their couple's name? Jug. Bug, bughead or something. Bughead, <laughs> bughead are no longer. But then, in a weird twist, the they were both on the cover of Vanity Fair, right? Some magazine. It could not have been Vanity Fair. <laughs> There's no way they were it on the was, cover of Vanity I Fair. I think it was. I, I'm trying to remember the logo, but maybe anyways. like Vanity Fair Cuba, not Vanity Fair US. <laughs> Well, they were on a cover together. And so they both released this like cover photo with like a tongue in cheek, like sort of, you don't know anything about a personalized stop pretending push at the media. But then it was W magazine. Oh, W. Okay. <laughs> so Close. Looks, you know. Yeah. It's but, kind um, of like a V. <laughs> yeah. But so then in the article itself, though, they wanted to be interviewed separately. And halfway through, sort of like buried in the text, the author was like, and they actually did break up before this went to press. So people were like, are they broken up? Are they together? Why are they being so like, I don't know, pretentious about telling people or keeping it to themselves, even though they've both like posted a lot about themselves before. But I just want you to know, Matt, they're still together because Lily posted a birthday tribute to him and it was a love poem. So Aww. you can rest easy. <laughs> uh, I was so nervous. Yeah, that's your that's your stand, right? Is that your favorite I couple know. from the show? Uh, you know, the, most of the couples on the show are so bad that I think, yes, they are my favorite, but only sort of by <laughs> default. And have you still been watching? You know, I, I've watched <gasps> up through like maybe three quarters of the way through the last season. And then I sort of fell off because there's so much good TV that's out now, but I'll pick <laughs> it back up. I'll probably like binge it with my family over Thanksgiving and oh, get all okay. caught back up because oh, it's, okay. it's a ludicrous show <laughs> and it's much yeah. more fun to watch with other people than by yourself. By yourself, yeah. it just feels kind of sad, but with other yeah. people, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, we I stopped halfway through the first second season, I think. And um, I was my husband gave up into the second season. And so I was watching it alone at the gym, like working out. And I was just like, why is this teenager stripping at a at a bar in front of her mom? And I was just, <laughs> you know, and a lot of questions that weren't as fun to ask. Because it's a biker gang ritual. <laughs> and obviously she needed to be included in the Southside Serpents. Right. This yeah, all I mean, makes sense. Yeah. You just weren't yeah, paying good I enough attention. Yeah. I, I Riverdale's that, a lot sure. like Mad Men. You really have to be watching it. You can't be doing something else <laughs> while you're watching Riverdale. You have to be focused. This important for sure. Yes. Yeah. So many Easter eggs. <laughs> so I have another fun story. Katy Perry is back in the news because oh, no. she just lost a lawsuit oh, that was brought yeah. up by a Christian rapper that <laughs> she stole like part of the music that she used in her song Dark Horse off of his album uh, called Joyful Noise. And she had to pay him $2.7 million because apparently she stole this music from him, which feels crazy to me. It is is crazy. Did you listen to the two of them? 
I have. I I've heard it. Do you feel like it was justified? They are similar. Yes, I definitely think it's justified. My question though is within creating music, how much like there's only so much you can do. So how much similarity is like right is required to say that she actually stole this or just that she came up with something and by she I mean like her team. <laughs> she isn't coming up with anything. <laughs> that she came up with this on her own and it just sounded similar i'm i'm murky on those details well plus it's like how did they come to the agreement on two million it's like if she had if she had asked for like the rights or whatever to sample his song there's no way he would have raked in two million from that deal so it's like why does he this small town artist get two million off of a song that he wouldn't have ever profited off of even if she had like given him credit you know at least not to that extreme of a degree. Yeah, I don't know if you get like royalties or something. Because that song was very successful. And yeah. maybe there's something Someone there. I don't know. Act. It's yeah. weird though. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's a very Poor specific number. 2.78 yeah. million. Although maybe <laughs> it's one of those things where it's for an actual lot less. But then because they have to pay the like legal oh, fees yeah. as well, it's more. I don't know. I don't do well with legal things. It's too complicated. <laughs> yeah. It's all those sort of cases are weird. And it's sort of like some of them are like so obvious and they lose. And some of them are so far out and they lose. So it's hard to predict what will happen. But I guess she yeah. probably won't miss two million. No yeah. big deal. But in a uh, pop princess realm real quick, we have to touch on Taylor Swift's current um, publicity stunt you know lovers coming out this month and uh she started up her secret sessions again which i don't know if you're familiar with these are like where she brings random crazy people to her house (laughs) and lets them see or listen to the album ahead of time yeah yeah so she did you get invited i wish oh man i wish so bad i did not but i was at the 1989 like shake it off release which was similar but it was like the dry run for the secret sessions i like to think because she ironed out a few kinks that happened in our in our session and we didn't get to hear the whole album obviously but anyways so she she um invites secretly invites like a few dozen to a hundred fans to her houses and does these listening parties and then meets with each one individually and takes a photo and it's all like touchy-feely happy happy it sounds miserable No, imagine if Kanye did that for you. Okay, like, why is it miserable? I could, I would be so awkward the entire time. (laughs) I would not be able to handle it at all. And I would also hate every second that I had to spend (laughs) with. 80 other weird obsessed people oh like crying being like touch my hand like a survivor like a survivor meet and greet like you got to go hang out i've been to the survivor (laughs) okay and you enjoyed yourself so simmer down but it's still stressful and they're a lot less um (laughs) famous well everyone here loved it obviously but there was drama with this year's because someone leaked the dates of the secret sessions like someone who was invited on reddit like for some reason started bragging about it and so all these dates got leaked and so they had to cancel a couple which sort of screwed over these people who'd been planning to go why'd they have to cancel them oh because like it just 
became because paparazzi and all these fans would show up oh. at her house and it just became overrun and so well, wouldn't safe. the paparazzi like be able to know anyways when all of these random like prepubescent girls <laughs> are showing very, up outside her apartment no, in new york no, it's done it's done very carefully you know it's like you show up at a location they bus you to another location and then you're taken to the other location so it's a whole it's a whole scavenger hunt basically but oh wow um I mean, it's a really, I mean, you know, first of all, she has, she builds this like loyal fan base by doing this and it's all free, which is unheard of for most meet and greets of any other celebrity pop star. But it's also great publicity because she's riling up all these fans to kind of do word of mouth. And of course, they're in love with every song off the record because it was just such oh, a I'm unique sure. experience, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's Even like, Even the Archer. OMG, so good, Woof. so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's exciting. I wish I was invited, but I haven't been. So we'll see. <laughs> you and I should do our sail. own secret sessions. Uh, OMG, that'd Shelby, be so fun. Where, where on the day that the album comes out, I'll invite, uh, let me think, I can fit four people in my apartment. Uh, <laughs> you can invite, you know, another like 10 and we'll listen. Yeah. And I'll tell you all my theories of each song and, and then we'll dance along to each of them. It'll be so fun. We'll make Rice Krispies. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> I'm in for that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just another reason to stand Taylor Swift because say what you want. I just, that's just a unique thing that someone does for their fans. And last night she was there for 13 hours because until like 5 a.m. because what? she decided to combine um, the Nashville and Rhode Island one after the Rhode Island one had to be canceled so there were like 120 fans at her house in nashville and she met with each of them one by one did multiple photo group photos with each of them and it just ended up these kids were at her house until 5 a.m oh my gosh okay here's a here's another question what is like the demographic of these people who show up like are they all young people or is there like oh betty who is a 45 year old fan (laughs) yeah there is actually i mean there's actually like a someone whose handle is like 40 year old swifty who got invited there's a big mix which is nice because i mean you know if they're under 17 i think they get a chaperone so then their parents go but then as far as like fans she does or her team does a good job of picking a variety of people and her first one was in the uk and she had only like like she just had a bunch of international swifties like people from tokyo came just like a variety of people get the invite. Oh my gosh, people are flying in from Tokyo oh, yeah. <laughs> to go to this thing. Oh yeah. It's this a once in a lifetime. You would a hundred percent have to do this for anyone. Like like honestly, if The Rock was like, Hey Shelby, come to my house tomorrow, I would a hundred percent just buy a ticket and go. Cause it's like, how can you say no to that? You know? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I would just be so awkward the entire time. I couldn't yeah, but... handle myself as an, an as a person. Well, that's a hundred percent likely. I mean, when I was at Taylor Swift's house, I was super awkward. But she doesn't remember. But that's me, you and normally. No one else cares. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Okay. Well, I was going to bring up how Alamo Draft House is doing showings of it where you can only go if you're dressed up like a clown. But since we spent so much time on Taylor Swift, let's move on to love it or hate it. What do you got? Yay. 
Well, I have a hate it, but it's like a soft core hate it. Um, soft hate it. I went with my okay. husband to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. which is the new Quentin Tarantino film. And yeah. I do not like Quentin Tarantino. I okay. know that. I knew that going in. I knew I would hate it. But I went because I'm a supportive wife and that's what we do. (laughs) That's what Mm -hmm. marriage is about. And uh, um, it was pretty much just as annoying as I thought it would be. I think I get really frustrated with Quentin Tarantino's motivations for his films. He's he's just like, you haven't seen any of his movies, have you? No. (laughs) And you didn't (laughs) see this? Uh, No, I did. I did see this. Oh, you did. Oh, no. Is it your love it? Uh, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I mean, and that's the thing is it's like, I can appreciate that he's a talented filmmaker. I just don't appreciate the story or his treatment of females or his foot fetish. But but what did you have to say? I'm curious. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I haven't seen any of Quentin Tarantino's other movies, which feels ridiculous, but somehow I haven't. And I, you know, I, I've missed them, not seeing them when they've come out, and I haven't gone back and watched them, tisk, whatever. Tisk. I might now. But <laughs> I went and saw this yesterday and was obsessed with it. It's oh my word, basically I'm about obsessed. this. Yes, I loved it so much. It's oh about an it like checks all of the boxes for me. It's about an old timey, uh, like old-timey. washed up actor in the what year? Like the seventies? Is that when this is set? The sixties? And it's played by Leonardo DiCaprio. His stunt double is Brad Pitt. Most of the movie is just them kind of like tooling around town. Leonardo trying to get back, like in the good graces of Hollywood. There's mm-hmm. not really a plot. It's mm-hmm. super fun though, and there's lots of funny parts. And I love anything <sighs> that's like behind the scenes movie stuff. And Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio are both so good in the movie. And then it comes to this crazy climactic ending, which is a total misdirect and really fun and a twist. And I was just smiling the entire way through the whole movie. The foot fetish, which I read an article about. So apparently Quentin (laughs) Tarantino has a lot of foot shots in his movies. I did notice in this one that there was lots of shots of like people's dirty feet women i was dirty feet but yeah yeah but there was also lots of shots of like men's shoes like there was just a lot of feet <laughs> shots they'll throw out the whole yeah, thing yeah. there was so much time spent on brad pitt's boots throughout the movie that mm, i was I confused as to why these were all here but apparently he has a foot fetish this is a known thing and the articles yep. that i read said that they were sort of that in this movie he's making fun of the fact that people talk all the time about his foot fetishes because he put so many feet in there like an obscenely (laughs) noticeable amount of feet and he was like you think i have this well i'm gonna give it to you yeah so you can take that for what you want but it's sort of the whole metaphor of the movie too for me which is sort of like he's mad at like hollywood changing and like these hippies coming in and i don't know i think my main irritant with this movie was just the I didn't know, like, who... Like, okay, the Sharon Tate murder was such a gruesome, really tragic thing. And it was so random and specific to her. So, like, with Quentin Tarantino's other revenge fantasies, like Inglorious Bastards, that has them, you know, killing Hitler. Or even uh, Django Unchained. Unchained, which is not a true story, but has a sort of, like, revenge fantasy for slaves. 
it's like about a bigger picture and sort of this fight against evil. Whereas this sort of like, I just was sort of, I just felt sort of dirty that he was exploiting this real story and giving a happy ending for these two dudes, basically, and for Sharon Tate by not, well, never mind. <laughs> but I just, I felt frustrated because it's like, what would Sharon Tate or any of these victims feel like watching this movie? And it just sort of treats it as like this backdrop, which it is because it's a story of Cliff and whatever his name is. So I don't know. I think I draw issues with the larger story and feeling like I didn't understand Quentin Tarantino's bigger reason for this film, except that he's, you know, digging in his heels and being like, oh, you think violence in the movies is bad? Watch me do more violence. Oh, you think my foot fetish is creepy? Watch me do more foot fetish. But from what I've read, I think this movie is not nearly as violent as some of his other movies. There's real, I mean, most of this movie isn't violent at all. There's not, it's just, you know, actors going around doing things (laughs) that are funny. I felt like it sort of had a Wolf of Wall Street feel to it, which yes, Leonardo DiCaprio is in both of them, but that sort of a like meandering story that's more Mm -hmm. just, I read this term hangout movie where it's more (laughs) about like the characters and sort of hanging out with them than it is about plot. And that the scene at the end with Sharon Tate is is kind of just i don't know it's something that kind of just happens to leonardo dicaprio and brad pitt which i don't know maybe that's not the best way to to handle that but you also get to spend a lot of time with sharon tate throughout the movie where she's doing things (laughs) and there's clips of of like the movies that she was actually in that have her there so i don't know i didn't think it was i didn't find it too insensitive what i thought you would love about this movie is that they cast Lena Dunham as a Manson groupie, (laughs) basically playing herself and make her look like an idiot in the movie. Did you not just love that part? I did. I did. I mean, I thought it was interesting that he cast all these child, like famous actors, children or famous people's children to play all the hippies. I don't know what he was saying about it, but like, all of them were famous by relation. And when Lena, I knew Lena was in it. And so I was like, Ugh. and she was just awful. So I guess in a way I enjoyed that, except I wish I hadn't had to <laughs> see her on screen. But yeah, I mean, my husband loved the movie. I think a lot of people are on your side. I know Quentin Tarantino is just not my cup of tea. So it's on me for going to that. And I told Rob, I'm never doing it again. So <laughs> did you really hate it that much? I didn't. I didn't hate it as much as I hated Django. And I didn't hate it as much as I've hated a lot of movies this year. I just don't like Quentin Tarantino. And this movie was just, you know, just another one, another mark as to why. But I can totally see your point, And I know a lot of people see it that way. That's why this was a softcore hate, you know? Did you not think it was funny? I thought it was hysterical. Oh, no. No, I don't. I don't really enjoy like white dudes whining about. I just, you know, it wasn't that funny to me, I guess, if you're going to make me say it. And it was just a little too long. I didn't care for like the movie within a movie, aside from the little girl who was probably my favorite part. And I just, I just didn't. Oh, I just didn't care about them. (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just rain on my parade, Shelby. No, why don't I'm you? I'm saying like I'm saying like I get it. Like it's not my cup of tea. I'm owning that. I'm not saying like no one should like this. <laughs> You're like, I get it. I get it. You can, you know, <laughs> some people are just hate women this and they like this movie, nice. but that's not like, fine. If you like you know. Then this is the movie for you. I'm glad you found something for you. Well, luckily, this movie will definitely be in the conversation for Oscars this year. So we'll get to talk about it for another <laughs> six months. Maybe. Well, I'm excited for this week's episode coming up because this movie is much more in my, dare I say, wheelhouse. <laughs> Yes, yes. We'll be talking about the Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw on Thursday. So get excited for that. It's a great film. (laughs) (laughs) But follow us on social media, leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts, and we will be back on Thursday. Bye, everybody. Bye.